Hello, fellow griever. This is the Leftover Pieces Suicide Loss Conversations podcast, and I am Melissa, your host. This week, you have found yourself with me for one of my shorter, solo, down-the-rabbit-hole episodes. Here, I take you with me on a journey of sorts, through thoughts in my own griefy mind. Some days, I may tackle topics as if I am in Alice's shoes, slaying the Jabberwocky, and on others, I may end up in my own pool of tears, or I may just go a bit sideways and paint the proverbial roses red, but I always promise an adventure. So let's dive down the rabbit hole and see just what sorts of madness we might discover together. I am glad you have joined me, because while I do know how lonely this grief is, I also believe we needn't be alone. Welcome. Hello, fellow griever, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 4 of the Leftover Pieces Suicide Loss Conversations podcast, and I'm Melissa, your host. And today I'm going down the rabbit hole to kind of decipher and talk about, in particular, one of the words that we often hear in different contexts. Sometimes it may be said to us in a conversation. Sometimes it may be said about us. And we often read a lot of things that have this word in them. And today the word I'm going to talk about is acceptance or acceptable. It is something that came up recently in my support community, and the ladies and I talked about it um, a decent amount that night, and it stuck with me. It stuck with me enough that I wanted to talk about the idea of our loss in the form of acceptance or acceptable and how I wanted to kind of go a little deep and figure out what my thoughts really were on it because my initial thoughts were in agreement with the original mom that brought this up, which is how do you accept the unacceptable? And so, and I agree with that. So stay with me to see how I feel after I've deciphered it. What I will tell you that I believe this original term, uh, the original idea of acceptance kind of stems from the 1969 book on an, called On Death and Dying, written by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And if you're not familiar with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, her body of work is extensive. Um, she hasn't been gone from this world very long, but she was a studier of and a writer about and a worker of grief and loss and death and dying her whole life. Um, Later in life, she came to work with David Kessler and people like that. But Elizabeth Kubler-Ross inadvertently and unintentionally became the um, author of what many of us in the world have heard as the five stages of grief. And those five stages, as they are told to people, are denial, anger, bargaining, 
depression, and acceptance. Now, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did not write these stages for grief. She originally wrote the book. It was called On Death and Dying. It was published in 1969, like I said. And she had been working extensively with um, terminal patients, hospice patients, if you will, and noticed the similarity of the different things that human beings were going through in the process of dying. And that's where, and originally there wasn't even just five stages. I think it was either 10, 12, 13, something like that. But these were the main five concepts, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And from everything I've read and know about Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages, again, they were written as stages of death and dying, but they became known as the stage of, the five stages of grief. From everything I've read, they took on a, it took on a life of its own. When the book was out, nothing like that had been published, nothing that frank and candid. And I think her son has even talked about it at times that Suddenly, there were all these phone calls. Suddenly, there was all of the, you know, this was groundbreaking research that his mom was doing. And over time, they did become, um, I'll just say it, bastardized into becoming, you know, the five stages of grief. I think I know that there are corporations that even have adopted them as um, ways to help people when they're stuck in ruts and the things that they go through in order to dig themselves out of these ruts. So they ha- very much took on a life of their own, but that was not what they were intended for. However, for a number of decades, these have been the five recognized stages of grief, if you will. So there's still a lot of people out there that think that these are the five stages that they're supposed to somehow work through and then be there. And since the last one is acceptance, I thought that was a good place to start in talking about this word and why we seem to maybe hear people say, you know, have you accepted the loss of your loved one? Or they may say behind our backs, if you will, I don't think they've really accepted the loss. So why do people do this? Well, one, I think it's our nature to need a roadmap when something hard happens. We want something to help us navigate our way out or our way to our the end destination, right? Which in the mind of people are the way to not be grieving anymore, the way to be past it or beyond it. You've moved through all these stages, you've completed the work, it's done, done and dusted, right? But suicide loss is so complex, In my case, my suicide loss was my child, and child loss is so complex and complicated. So there's really no roadmap that somebody can give you. There's only others who have gone before you and can witness and hold space and hold us up and perhaps light a candle that would shine a light for us to trudge behind until we are able to possibly light our candle from theirs and start to walk alongside of these other grievers, right? But acceptance, acceptance is such 
a deep concept for me where this is concerned. So in our in my support community, when this was brought up, the idea was how do we accept the unacceptable? You know, this icky term as it makes us feel. Um, many, uh, many icky terms that make us feel certain ways. So for me, I started where I often do. And I defined the idea of acceptance. And the first definition that kind of fits is the process or action of being received as adequate or suitable. The one that fits the most is the willingness to tolerate a difficult situation. I must say that again, acceptance can be defined as the willingness to tolerate a difficult situation. So that made me scratch my head, right? Because I could almost get there with that. I could almost go, am I willing to tolerate this difficult situation? And it was in the willing part that I really got caught up, right? So this still didn't fit for me. And let me go a little bit further in that some of the synonyms for acceptance are adequate, common, fair, and tolerable. Obviously, that's not an exhaustive list, but it's a, a good one. Well, adequate, common, fair, tolerable. Nope. None of that fits this loss for me, right? But then if I go to unacceptable and look at synonyms for unacceptable, I get things like impossible, insufferable, or unbearable. That fits. This loss feels unacceptable because it is impossible. It's definitely insufferable and most definitely unbearable. So, I think you all probably know, and if you're new to the podcast, you may not, that I believe truly in my heart and soul that we can learn to live alongside of this grief and loss. That's not the same as moving past it, getting over it, being done with it. But we can learn to live with something that's unacceptable. That doesn't mean we have to be okay with it. Those are two different thoughts. Because we did not choose this, and we would never choose this. So how could it possibly be acceptable? What I do think, some words that we can replace with that, especially if we're going to take the moment to use it as a teaching opportunity, is we can recognize our loss. We know it's there. We can see it. We can help others recognize it. We can acknowledge it. We do daily, momentarily, all the time. We acknowledge our loss and we can surely integrate it into our being. To integrate something is to put it in and make it a part of something else in order to create a whole. And so I really like the word integrate because it feels like what I talk to other, especially other moms, but other loss survivors about this loss. I talk to them about the idea of learning to live with and walk alongside of this in a successful way, in a way that your life 
eventually has hope again, and that hope becomes healing, and that becomes meaning, and a new form and a different form of joy and happiness in your life. But so I think integrate is a way of looking at that, yes, we can do that. Is it beyond hard and unacceptable? Resoundingly, yes. It's both of those things. The loss of our loved one is not acceptable. That's where I landed. Their life is gone, and we are left with a very different life that we don't know, don't recognize, don't know how to live. But our life can become tolerable, and from there, it can become new and hopeful over time. And with choices and work, we can learn to rebuild. One of the things I tell people is get to know this loss. Knowledge is power. And in doing this grief work, the more knowledge you can have, the deeper you can dig, the more information you can take in on suicide and grief and traumatic loss and child loss and and how to survive this, the more of that you can do, the more you can get to a place of acknowledgement and integration. There are a lot of words we can put on this loss. Many of them are words I've already used. One word we can put on it is exceptional. And not in the way that many of us think, because again, we're talking about words that we may take differently. A lot of people that use acceptance are throwing it around in the wrong way with relation to loss. But with relationship to our loss being exceptional, it is rare. It is strange and uncommon. It is unthinkable. It is special. Those are all defining definitions of exceptional. Our loss is unfathomable. It's abysmal and deep and unending. What about you? Do you feel like you've accepted your loss? Or rather, is it acceptable? Or are you, like me, simply choosing to recognize or acknowledge it and try to learn how to integrate it into who you are now? At the end of today's rabbit hole discussion, I find myself right back where I started, but feeling more sure-footed and secure about it. This loss, for me, is not acceptable and never will be. What do you think? Talk soon, fellow grievers. So we'll conclude here for today, but I just wanted to say a few things before you go. If you're new to the podcast and have not listened to the very first episode called intro episode, start here all the way back at the beginning of season one, I would encourage you to do so so that you know what to expect from the leftover pieces, because I do have several different styles of episodes that I record and we do release weekly, almost all of the time. So I hope that you will come back often to join us in this community of suicide loss survivors 
If you have not already, also, I would encourage you to check out the leftoverpieces.com where you can find and have access to all of the things that I currently offer. Some of those things are online Zoom support groups, links to my books, educational opportunities that I'm adding all the time, as well as different downloadables and resources for all suicide loss survivors. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, or you'd just like to connect with me for any other reason, you can do it through the website as well. So until next time, I just want to remind you that I know how lonely this grief is, but you don't have to be alone. Talk soon.